0: Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Uh, no, Birdie's not here. <laughs> hey, well, We've got forty.
1: Oh. Hey, yeah, I'm here. I'm back, baby.
0: And him. Hey, how's it going? And your host, Tamish. Um, despite having the flu. I will not suck on a lozenge for this show. Um, so <laughs> you won't hear some gross mouth noises, but you might hear a couple of sniffles. All right, well, let's start off. So the Harvey Norman Women's uh, Premiership, we uh, had a buy this week, so no news for Wentworthville. Um, but some there was a draw, actually, between the um, Central Coast Roosters and Mounties, so looks like that competition is in full effect. Uh, jumping over to the flag, so uh, three games played out at Penrith Park, and it didn't hold up in first grade, did it?
1: No, we, um, we we certainly sacrificed a couple of teams on the altar of the footy gods out at Bluebet Stadium to get that big result in first grade. For- well,
0: sorry, the point the point I was trying to make is that the up up to three grades, um, you know, they, they created a small divot. Oh yeah, uh, is just, oh, just
1: no way any, half-back, <laughs> let alone the best halfback in the competition, was ever going to kick a, a field goal, forty meter field goal. No chance. So three games of football there. The- yeah, because of the, the
2: divots. not not just divots. One, and it just so happened to be exactly the where. Poor, poor poor, little Nathan Cleary. Poor little Nathan Cleary had to take his drop goal from. Just happened to be where the divot was.
0: <laughs> all right, well, let's jump into the flag. So <laughs> uh, a massive try scoring performance here. Six tries to seven, 13 tries all up. Uh, but Panthers prevailing 40 to 32. Uh, but for the Eels, we got Tura Williams, uh, Larry Mugatudia, Dentori Lui, uh, Corey Fenning. Uh, so Dentori had two, and Ethan Sanders also, and Corey fedding four from six off the boot, Um, but Panthers picking up a Sinbin in the 69th minute, so that didn't really help us, really, did it?
1: No, because it's a seven-minute game. All. Yeah, so obviously defending their goal line or something like that and, and giving away the, the professional foul there, so this was actually interesting because I, I wasn't out this game, it was a sellout at Penriff and I couldn't get out there, and watching this game for the updates, Penrith really shot out to an early lead, I think it was like 30 to six Ham, was it about about? Uh, 40 to 10. F- 40-10, to 10. there you go. And it was actually, we only, yeah, we scored our second try in the 34th minute. So Penrith well and truly in control, but it looks like the boys mounted a hell of a comeback here. Uh, and it's once again, no surprise, we, we speak about this a fair bit, in a team that's had a lot of volatility surrounding first its back line and then now it's forward pack, the, the pack being very much under strength in this game. Uh, the try scorers are consistently the key players, which is an encouraging sign in a team that is being inconsistent on the field for obvious reasons. But the fact that we're seeing Sanders, Louie, Corey Fenning, even Larry Magatuti has had a really good run of try scoring two off the bench. So we're seeing important players. We're seeing young players having an impact in a team that uh, has a lot up against it right now. I don't I don't pity oh, – sorry, I do pity, I don't envy Simon Wolford. We've had that cascading flow of injuries from first grade and, and Reggie's and uh, the flag have really copped some of the, the bad brunt of it with all the guys being caught up or being unavailable otherwise.
0: And that's on the back of not playing uh, any football for the last
1: two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: Ham, um, did you have
2: anything to add? Uh, no, I wasn't out there. I, I refused to go to Penrith. And uh, with what I've heard, I'm not going you to go to Penrith be again until they start north. losing. Yep.
0: Yeah, a couple of almost shankings in the car park for uh, some of the friends of the Parrot Podcast. Uh, so, uh, steer clear of Penrith <laughs> Park at the moment. <laughs> um, all right, then over to uh, New South Wales. Uh, is it, no, not no Knock on a cup. It used to be the Arrival Live Cup. Um Panthers 25, Eels 8, disrespectful field goal from uh, Sean O'Sullivan. Oh, Sean O'Sullivan, that's right. He's come down there to play back Yeah, he,
1: he exploded into the NRL this year and uh, dropped back to the cup because of Nathan Curry being fit. And obviously Fucking scared. hell,
0: Pappenhausen and, is so good. Sorry, we're watching the Storm <laughs> Dragons <laughs> the, game.
1: The big game in the background for all of us, yeah, so... But, yeah, speaking of so good, I think Sean O'Sullivan's you know, pretty good for the grade, um, sort of figured himself out nicely at Penrith this year after being a, a very hyped but under-delivering halfback at what the Roosters was at Ham, where he first landed and didn't really uh,
2: – Yeah. He's, oh, no, he started off at Penrith. He's Penrith Junior. Was he?
1: There you go. Yeah. Uh, I remember him from the his time at the Roosters, though, and then, you know, sort of found a really nice niche here at Penrith as the backup halfback that'll probably be one of the uh, – I'm not going to say, like, premier – Halves the chase this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of the strongly teams throws him a lifeline, looking to make him the the halfback one. But yeah, no no surprise we lost this game. We spoke about that injury toll for the flag. It's equally true for the, uh, the New South Wales Cup. They um, were without Kai Rodwell this week due to a very very dubious judiciary charge and and contention that was lost. Where
0: two think, two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> before, um, when, when what was it for? For tackling too hard? It wasn't so late. It made, wasn't off made, ball. A, it, was, it was
1: a kick pressure. Where he tackled the guy legitimately as he kicked. And I think yeah, what was the deliberation the, the deliverance was deliberation, sorry, was yeah, we agree that he tackled correctly and he, you know, made clean contact that wasn't late, but he hit him too hard. And you're gonna sit out for two weeks because of it. Just crazy. So yeah, not not surprised to see even with Jake Arthur dropping back to reinforce the spine that the boys just didn't have enough juice. Very good to see Sean Russell hit fit for this one though, mate. He got back in and scored the opening try.
0: But Komalafi Sinbin, come on, that can't be
1: correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but me um, and Komalafi, he would never.
1: The, nah. the, they, they posted the numbers today nice and early, actually. Usually you have to wait for Monday for the, the cup numbers to come through. Looks like Ellie Osgahan was busy again, nearly 140 metres, uh, with a few tackle breaks as always. But uh, the numbers down across the, the board aren't great. The back line got through 100 metres, all of them except for Russell, who was at 84 metres, which is you know sold in his return from a very serious chest injury. But yeah, you can just see in the forward pack, uh, we're just missing some juice there. We had Jaden Yates score a try from edge, but he, he's not a very dynamic edge guy. He's more of that bench utility forward. And unfortunately, just that cascading injury toll is really wreaking havoc with our two lower-grade senior teams.
0: And again, another competition that hasn't played uh, pretty much any football for the last two years, so uh, rather unfortunate. But uh, hopefully this will make them stronger for years to come, given all the the juniors that have sort of had to play up. A lot lot of young
1: guys, yeah. I think Ham and I were counting. Do we have like seven or eight flag-eligible guys that have already played this year, Ham?
2: Yeah, something like that. I know on the weekend we had six eligible SG ball in the flag, and then just in this game, one, two, three, four, five... Six, seven, just well, in this it's, game. It's
1: more than seven then because we've obviously seen Dave Hollis play. He wasn't in this game. Uh, we've also seen a couple other guys. Colavatti, Yeah, Colavati, Peter Tateo, who's back down in flag right now as well. So they're they're rotating a lot of these flag guys into the team, uh, trying not to burn them out but also give this team some resources. And it's just, like we said, taking a huge toll. And much like how Simon Wolford is doing a pretty good job considering his circumstances, I think that Ryan Carr is doing a good job as well.
0: All right, now on to the main game. So, Eels 22 to the Panthers 20, and I'll just run through some stats and try scores. So, Gutherson, Marnie, Madison, Brown, all with tries. Uh, Moses, three from four off the boot. Uh, coming in at 10 all half halftime. Sorry, I, I think I misread the score. It's 22 Eels, uh, 16 to the Panthers. And four uh, to, to, <laughs> to the boys with the whistle. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> After that's that, that, that's the true score. crazy knock-on. Um, all right, let's look at the stats. Fifty-four uh, percent to the Eels, forty-six uh, to the Panthers. Time in possession, we had thirty-one minutes to Penrith's twenty-seven. Eighty-five percent completion rate. Two hundred eleven runs for seventeen hundred meters. Five eighty-five post-contact meters. Uh, we lost the line breaks three to five, but we won the tackle breaks thirty-three to twenty-nine. Um, average ball speed, 0.2 seconds in it, doesn't really matter. Offload, 17 to 8, and I think that was really crucial uh, at the end of the game. And then looking at the kicking, kicked for almost 900 metres, forced two-line dropouts, effective tackle percentage around 90%, um, ineffective tackles 12 to Panthers 30, um, eight errors apiece, Penrith conceding six penalties to AR2, Penrith conceding one ruck infringement to AR2, and. Inside 10 metres, one each. They used six and a change.
1: Yeah, seven for Penrith, six for us. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. in a, in a game one HIA was,
0: for Penrith as well.
1: That was the Viliami Kikau eye gouge from Taylor May, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a friendly contact there.
1: Yeah, which Will Penasini took advantage of. We'll always love to see that. Players having a little bit of heads up footy to their game.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was, that was a good play by Penesini there. All right, well, let's start with um with you. You forty, you're rearing. You're, you're you're ready yeah. to go. Sorry, Bertie want wanted me to throw one thing in. Um, Jerome Lua is a grub. There you are. Yeah, up, well, <laughs> that, that is a
1: great lead off because Luai could have easily been simbined. What he did to read Marnie off the ball there with that real nasty horse collar tackle that eventually got penalised, but should have honestly been simbined. And then the fact that speaking of Luai, Ryan Madison got a thousand dollar fine. Was it for? the uh, facial he gave at some point in the in that game. Yeah. and was it, is, was
2: it for tipping or for the facial?
1: Uh, I, the way people labelled it was for the facial. So uh, I have to go back and find the charges. I'll do that while we're talking. But the, the fact that I was in there with his fingers inside, Reed's headgear, pressing down on his head, and no penalty came, let alone a fine, is just so embryonic of the entire judicial system in the NRL between the match review committee and the judiciary itself. Uh, but, yeah, man, this is a game – how how much fun was I mean – it's fun in retrospect. It was fun for good parts of it. Obviously, it gave you the heart palpitations during that last ten minutes as you
0: all twitching like a rabbit. nose. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> as you're just you know champing at the bit for these boys to hold it and and bring it home. And then we had the late try where was it Leota that crashed over uh, against you know incredibly fatigued defence. But yeah, I mean. I said this in the '60s, and we did our quick post-game review of this. Surely, you'd have to feel like there are NRL executives that are saying, "How do we get Parramatta and Penrith to play more than two regulation games a season?" Because just it is must-see TV. I mean, we've spoken about in the past how Parramatta are a squad that are built, even for all the inconsistencies somewhere else. Like we talk about the Tigers game and the Sharks game, and obviously Darwin last week. This is a team built. To beat the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers. And we've seen that within the first nine rounds, where the Eels, despite all the adversity, like, you know, serious adversity when it comes to injuries, some incredibly bad calls where it was Nelfen, the surface on and not getting simbined or sent off, or, you know, the Penrith Panthers being spotted four points care of one of the worst missed knock ons you'll ever see, the Eels are built to beat them, to take them on and push them for the full 80 minutes. And that was my initial takeaway from this game, you know, just the fact that despite everything that we should have lost this game for, that six-day turnaround from Darwin, still, despite getting Tom Oppertich back, we're still short on so many troops. And despite that, you know, we, we just took Penrith and they put us in, into that, uh, like, uh, like, death lock or, or alligator death roll, the football equivalent of it in the second half where they were just dominating field position and, and starting to get on top on territory and possession and all those, you know, key indicators towards victory – and the eels just sucked it up and sucked it up. Ryan Madison was fantastic during that stint, being the guy that got us the much-needed meters to get to, to clearing kicks. And then once Junior and Rachel from back into the fray, you just you saw that that arm wrestle start pivoting back past the point of the precipice, back to even and then to Parramatta's favour. And and like I said, the sixties you could almost feel the Rocky music playing in the background. Like it, it was like a real Rocky theme to this game. Just the boys getting up off the canvas time after time.
2: Ham, mate, how do you follow that? Yeah, I know. know I was going to say, what <laughs> <laughs> more can be said? Um, geez, just yeah, I I hate Penrith. I hate everything about them. Um, so it's always good to get a win against them. I, I when Ryan Madison uh, scored, I got up and did a Ric Flair woo. And then uh, when um, we won, when that when that field goal, you know, didn't go over, and I thought Gutho had touched it. dead said I thought he had touched it. I'm
1: going, no, <laughs> the off the post. No. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> and then they went back to a a um a, a twenty metre restart, and then I thought Cummins after you know after everything that had happened in that game, and he was obviously told at half time that he missed that knock on, and now every drop ball from them was going to be a knock on. I was almost I was so certain that he was going to call a penalty against Reed Marnie for an involuntary tackle. tackle. I was certain. Of, I was just going, Reed, just keep the ball out. Just keep the ball out. Just keep. What are you doing? Don't don't go to ground. So I was for certain that he was going to give away a penalty. But what a, what a performance! And you know, you you see Penrith. You know, a lot of the chatter has been, "Oh, Penrith weren't at their-. Penrith were at their best. They were kicking really well. They were, you know, their back three were taking a lot of hit ups, getting them out of trouble. Um, their defensive systems. Um, I think we exploited them very well. Um, the the we what we averaged we pumped out eighteen offloads. Was it?
0: Yeah, something around there.
2: And they averaged seven against them. So obviously that sh- that those offloads, that short passing around the middle, we saw at one point there was one hit up where the ball went junior, Nathan Brown, Oregon Kafusi, Kafusi got a one one on one tackle, it was able to get a quick play of the ball, and we went from there. That doesn't happen against the Panthers. They're a team that really love to rush up in their middle and hope that you play the safe game and try and play the power game against them.
0: Because well, they think – Oh, sorry. I was just going to no, say yeah. one of the ways we scored a try was off the back of you know the back-to-back try, and the, I think that the stat coming from commentary was that this is the first time they've scored off a they've been scored against off a kick-off um, only two times in the last two years. So it sort of shows the sort of uh, expansive style of football that we played.
2: Yeah, and it just it really worked against Penrith, and I think that you know if teams are looking forward, if you're willing to chance your arm. That's how you got to do it. You got to go to. You have to go two passes wide because if you go try and go one out and one up up the ruck, they're just going to get those two tacklers in, get the third around the hips, and then drive you back. That's another thing that really annoyed me when we were
1: getting the, held. The held drag, yeah, try, yeah,
2: Yeah, it was just oh held, held, and then you know Dylan Edwards gets driven, you know taken back half a meter. Held, held, held. Don't don't touch him. Don't touch him. Like it's just you know you talk about inconsistencies. It's not. Oh, this team received twelve penalties. This team received four. It's in the ruck as well. Like we make dominant tackles against Penrith, or Penrith get dominant tackles against them. Teams aren't allowed to, you know, take that advantage. But they are like that's that's a little th- that's a little thing. But we won. And whoever can't enjoy that win, like if you're trying to think of a way to diminish the as a parameter fan, if you're trying to diminish the win, if you're trying to say it was a controversial call as a penalty try. I, I don't know what to say to you, but you, you just got to enjoy it because, you know, we've beaten first and second at their home ground now.
0: I think the only negative that we can say, and, and, and I think I'll touch on it because I think that's what BA did in his, um, in his press conference, is, you know, to get up there with the Melbourne Storms and the Penrith, you know, we beat both of them away at their home grounds this season. But just the week-to-week consistency needs to improve in this team. That's the missing piece at this moment, is that week-to-week consistency. And I understand some weeks like... I wasn't there for the re- review of the Cowboys game last week, but um, obviously it was one of those games where, you know, every bounce of the ball went. I think we dropped two over the line, and that's the sort of thing that, that sometimes happens. But th- this team, you know, we lost that game against West Tigers a bit earlier. You just, that week-to-week consistency yeah. is something that's missing at the moment. Um, but, you know, we've got the rest of the season to improve on that. So there's and still, the good what, thing 14 they're, games.
1: They're clearly getting up for big games. Which is obviously something you need at the end of the season. So obviously the the week to week consistency needs to be tackled. And uh, I suppose it gets a little bit of a not not a hand wave this week, this last two weeks, because Darwin is a bit of like a uh, an anomaly, isn't it, in terms of just trying to prep for a game. Darwin sort of puts you, even though we do it every year, it's still just a weird thing in terms of football prep. So yeah, keen to see more week to week consistency. What
0: are you doing, Moses Bob? Oh my God. <laughs>
1: It is fun doing a podcast with another game or a neutral game in the background because yeah. just wait until you see this line yeah. break. How oh, does Moses miss him?
2: Well, that's the thing. That's that's the good thing about you being just a little bit ahead. Okay, okay. What's what's, what's worse? At... The most oh,
1: wow. Moses and By miss or the Stafford toller miss on J Evans because the Stafford Towa miss on DCE was literally face to face with like no support runner. So I don't know. This this is pretty close. This is really there's,
0: bad. There's three around him. I don't know how they all missed.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, same with Driver trying in South Sydney where he just got the convoy and he just like.
2: Um, I just about our game because I saw my lovely grandparents yesterday, just the day before Mother's Day, and they said it was a really top game. But they said Parramatta should have taken the two. What, what do you what do you boys reckon? Should, I, should we have taken that two points? Because at I the was... time, sorry, I just at the time I was going take the two because you you know you a minute and a half off the clock if Cummins didn't call time off um, <laughs> and you get the ball back but then I was thinking as as they went on I think that the, the taking the tap was the right decision because you know, they got they were very lucky to get two six against but I think if we completed both of those sets we'd probably get them into the end in goal and Penrith have to work it out.
1: Exactly. And at
2: the end there if Moses gets that ball under uh, Will Tennisini's
1: chest, yeah, he scores. He scores. Yeah, Lua, no, Lua had no over doubt committed. Yeah, he, he'd overcommitted and it was Will against the uh, sliding center, a uh, center back row, I think it was, um, who was off balance and he, he goes past and scores easily. I do like the process there. I think that, you know, with the like you mentioned him, with the penalty goal, you can wind maybe a minute off the clock, given how refs can be pretty uh, zealous about time management to ensure that the game is still a contest. Uh, but, I did like the fact they took the tap. They played to a really sound structure in that first set. Uh, obviously had a bit of luck on the last tackle to get the deflection. The correct call was, but to get the deflection for a six again. Uh, but yeah, then the fact that you get the extra set and they probably pulled the trigger probably a play too early. If you just you know soak up another 15, 20 seconds, it goes a long way towards uh, making that error look a lot better. But yeah, I, I did like the process. If you can back yourself to get through your set and either – Get a line drop out, get a six again, or at the very minimum, force them to work it from you know three, four meters out their line at, at best. Uh, then I think that is a, a good result. I think it's a net positive result, even opposed to the penalty goal in that scenario.
0: Yeah, I agree, and and, and it's the difference. Between, and and I think looking at the scoreboard as well, we were eight up. Like if it was six yeah, up, yeah, yeah exactly. There
1: are obviously they're obviously like lead uh, break evens and thresholds where you easily take the two. Like you said, Hamish, if it's six points, one hundred percent you're taking the two to give it to the, the guaranteed two score lead. But yeah, I, I think the process was. But right.
2: that's the thing now with with this two point field goal going from eight to ten in that situation.
1: That's actually that's a fair point. Is that it? it means that it is a it is now a tr- it is a yeah. In terms of try like, and not, a try. not not being drawn not being drawn up. It is a true two score lead nine points. I
0: think now I on. think though you look at that, what are the percentages on a two point field goal. I think that would have to
1: yeah. be pretty low. Yeah, they but seem to be only kick sort of. smash one over that.
2: But other than that, all of them sort of are just the teams very rarely go for them in in trying to win a game. Say it was twenty all. There's no way Penrith would have gone for that. No, that yeah, would have especially with the all Bills the divots. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, that that is a great point, Ham, in that the maths now on endgame scenarios uh, to close out games is nine points is your true two point your two your true two score lead. It used to be eight points because a field goal would only give you the seven points off a converted try. But with the advent of a two point field goal, nine points is now your true. Two score lead, nine or ten points, there. obviously.
2: And I, I spoke about Will Pennicini. You know, he dropped the ball, but how good is he going? If if Origin was picked on form,
1: he'd be right up there. Yeah,
2: he'd be in the, he'd be the centre. But the, he, he hasn't the even got,
1: There's been this huge centre drama, you know, pushed by the media. and We've had Talakai's name in there, and you know, there's some guys that have been around the Origin scene like Campbell Graham and Stephen Crichton have all had their names thrown into the hat, but you haven't heard Will Pennicini he mentioned it at all. And he absolutely, I
0: think he's still a bit fresh.
1: I, it hasn't stopped New South Wales in the past. It hasn't stopped Queensland in the past. If you're good enough, you're old enough in that regard. I think, and especially given that Will showing all the traits defensively that you know a storied veteran would show, and I think that's what really sets him apart from a lot of the other young prospects out on the edges. Is that he is so well drilled in defense. And that's yeah, Michael Jennings-esque. In, yeah, it, he comes it really up is.
2: against whoever he comes up against. He's just he's besting them. And like at the moment, I, I still think he's probably a year away. If he continues to play like he is right now in his time, then I think he should be guaranteed a pick. It's but a, I agree, he's probably too young. But based on form, he'd be he'd be right up there, I reckon.
0: Yeah, he's just definitely going well, and and just on other players going well, Bailey Simonson, hasn't he come along in the yeah. last couple of weeks?
1: Uh, we we spoke okay, about it. it. We we, yeah. we all sort of I know there was some frustration early on, but we did talk about how you know another player in the team that is now a core player had a very similar start, very slow on the edge on the on the sideline at wing before he found his groove. And and Gufferson's obviously now the team captain and one of our core players. Bailey just... I don't know why they changed, because they went after Hayes Perrim early on and had success. And then they decided, all right, we're going to go after Bailey Simonson. And he just took everything that came his way, made really good post-contact meters on those kick returns. He is just a pro.
0: Who did he lay out? He had this massive tackle in the second half. He absolutely murdered the
1: yeah. Following up, was it Dearden last week? That he absolutely... (laughs) Yep. Yeah. But uh, But yeah, everything
2: since that... uh, Game up on the Titans, I think it was. He's just been otherworld, like not otherworldly, but you know, you can go back to our, uh, our review of the trial match against Penrith, and I was saying I'd given up hope on him. I, I I didn't see anything. I didn't see any urgency. I didn't see any any want to improve. But you know, since that Titans game, I think it was, he's just been. I'm um, like really, really good for it. And he's playing like Bailey Simonson should. He's not I, – I I, liked it. I know he went out, but I liked it when he went and took on um, – was it uh, Taylor May?
1: In, if it wasn't for the Friday night Jew out of Penrith, he probably stays in on another ground because he can plant that right foot and really get back against the cutting defense. But, yeah, it was good to see them give him an early chance. He, just, he doesn't get many red zone attacking opportunities just the way things have been playing out in our games one way or the other or uh, against Darwin where he just – Will couldn't quite slip the right offload or he didn't quite read that to he wasn't going to make the correct play at the grubber kick. So I'm just really happy that he's starting to find his niche. And he's got that sort of skill set where we've seen in the past with Semi, the Eels have deployed some, you know, cool little, you know, dual fullback looks in the red zone and whatnot. And I wouldn't mind seeing him start the trail inside in the red zone and flip to the left edge for some, um, you know, sort of called shots every now and then because he's got that ability to muscle through contact. So really, really like what I'm seeing from him. And all this talk about outside backs actually had me thinking about the contrasting styles between the two teams. We talked about how Penrith put so much pressure on us in the second half. But despite that, it wasn't their forward pack. They only had three forwards go over 100 metres and it peaked at 130 metres from Isaiah Yo And Fisher, Harris and Kikau, who I thought actually had a great game, by the way, as much as we mock him for being inconsistent, that was probably his best defensive effort I've ever seen. Uh, but they were the only forwards to go over 100 metres for the Panthers. Whereas, by contrast, the Eels had uh, Junior posting huge numbers in this game. I think he went close to 200. If we can just pull up the numbers here. Junior went for 207 with the updated stats now. Reg, 150. Ice nearly went for 190. Brownie went for 120. Mano nearly 180 again. Jeez, and good nick. But on the flip side, going back to Penrith, it was their back three that did all their work. All the work. Edwards, uh, 260. We had Taylor Mago, 192, Brian Toto, 266, and then their other backs all got, uh, both got 102, 108 for Tago and 129 for Crichton. And it was just interesting to see Penrith were making big meters early in the set but then lost effectiveness later in the set, whereas Parramatta were able to grind their way back into the game on the back of their forward pack. And I don't know. It just it was a really, really fascinating dichotomy of game uh, styles. Sorry, I missed that. Oh, what I, what I just said?
0: Yeah, yeah. sorry. In, in,
1: the entire thing or just the last sentence?
0: Just the last sentence. Oh, I completely saying,
1: uh, out. I was just saying it was a fascinating dichotomy of game styles and game plans where Penrith were able to make huge inroads early on but weren't able to put pressure on later in the set perhaps because their forward pack were underperforming whereas the Eels uh, had that period in the second half where they were struggling but once they got their core forwards back on they were able to just grind their way back into the game and, and Penrith really struggled to go with them because of it.
2: I think another thing to... Uh, sorry, Ham. Another thing that got us into it... and. You know, on Fox, they were admonishing his kicking game, but I thought Mitchell Moses' kicking game, like, he was, how many times is he kicking inside our 30? Like, pretty much every kick.
0: He, yeah, he kept on, on getting, like, bashed in the commentary for, for not finding the grass, yeah, but fucking uh, hell, fight, fighting, what? he was, he was still launching them almost 70 meters. If, like, if you're listening to the Fox, <laughs> if, if you're, you're like kicking
1: on rules.
2: the fifth tackle inside your own 30, they're going to have three players.
1: you are never finding the grass unless what? you kick short. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flan- and when Flanigan he did, did real...
0: kick short uh, to twist it up, he uh, he got us a try but on that, the back that, back, and back that's set. And how so. <laughs> Ham, Ham was
1: going with this. But Flanagan made some real bad commentary calls, I thought, was into the Fox cast. But I, I actually thought that Moses, there was a little bit of genius to his kicking game because, like you said, he was forcing the back free, back deep, even from when we got to those rare midfield opportunities in that third quarter. And because of that, he was able to choke up on some of those attacking kicks uh, later on, and Dylan Edwards had no range on it. And that's how Dylan Brown ended up scoring because uh, Dylan Edwards was almost over respecting Moses' ability to drop it, you know, a couple of minutes out from the goal line. He chokes up on that bomb, and it's allowed to bounce in no man's land. And finally, for the first time that game, where a few balls were allowed to bounce by Penrith, it took a parameter turn. And Dill not only scores, you know, one of the most important tries of our season to get us into almost where home territory, also produces one of the greatest all-time NRL reaction memes. When he, when he realized that Brian Toto had somehow pushed across and made a really strong uh, cover tackle, actually. And I, I was saying to you boys on the Discord, I think that there's only ever two other five apes outside of Dylan that probably score in that scenario, and it was Munster and Whiten, like two of the most powerful runners, because Toto made great contact with Dill. He made it as good a shot as you're going to get in that situation, and Dill was able to roll through it and slam the ball down.
0: Yeah, I, I do love a uh, couple of uh, memes coming out of that. <laughs> he, he obviously just didn't see him, and then when he did, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he had the big smile
2: thinking, oh, yeah, I've, bur- I've burned the fullback here. i got no one in front of me. And then as soon as he turned,
0: his face <laughs> just dropped. Classic. <laughs> Oh, he did well to actually get it down because Cleary was steaming and in, uh, can I just great. say, legs first as well. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, what would be the outcome if that hadn't been hey, a put down.
1: I mean, the Jaden Campbell precedent means that it was fine. I'm sure he just touched him somewhere else, so it's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but it, oh, that try by Dill, like, I, have, I don't think we've seen, you know, when when he chased down Olam, I think it was, uh, a couple of years ago, that was probably his quickest. But with the ball in hand, I reckon Dill's got so much more speed than he's letting on. Because... I know Edwards was stationary, but Dill wasn't running to that ball. But as soon as he flicked that switch to go after it, he burned him within two steps, two or three steps. He was gone. So I reckon, I reckon Dill's he's he's got a few more, he's got a bit more speed up his up his sleeve. I reckon.
1: Another neat part of our game that I do want to shout out is the fact that in that first half, especially, uh, we kept Penrith off balance and unable to really get a read on what we we're doing in the red zone by deliberately not playing through Moses and Brown through some crucial plays. We went to a couple other tertiary playmakers like Sean Lane and um, even Will Penasini with the heads-up play. Uh, Penrith are obviously going to be keyed in on putting pressure on Moses and Brown, but but because of that, we saw Sean Lane get away, a great flick pass back to Reed Marnie, we saw Will Penasini take advantage of that short side opportunity, and yeah, it's what you've got to do against those great defensive teams, is you can't be uh, super predictable. Obviously, you need to be able to have systems and go-to plays that get you results in terms of line dropouts and whatnot. But it was really good to see the Eels mix things up just the right amount, not overplay their hand and get too cute uh, with, you know, short kicks and having the non-primary playmakers getting overly involved, but they did just enough to keep Penrith off balance.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, you, you say that that first try, we're not going through the halves. That fourth tackle was set up to go through the halves. Reed Marnie, again, went the wrong way.
1: There was because. another there was another moment in that game too where I think Moses bailed bailed Reed out where Reed ran the ball on the last run the try line, had no plan, oh,
0: got yeah. got
1: Colin <laughs> and throws a terrible pass to Moses, who catches it off balance. And that is actually one of the most athletic passes you'll ever see. He is falling to his right off balance and throws a rifle pass to his left, which uh, ends up forcing a line dropout, I'm pretty certain. So yeah, we we're still not fully fully figured out one six, seven, nine, it feels like. Um, and I think Garfo had a great game, but
2: it oh, was just, Garfo was everywhere.
1: And and you know he he did the little heads up stuff great too. There was one, to figure out fifth tackles. There was an opportunity in that game to get out of dummy half in the red zone, run it against the retreating defense, and get the kick in for the line dropout. Perfect, exactly what you want to see when you're taking advantage of those little moments. And you know he wasn't overplaying his hand. He was chiming in really nicely, and he once again, I've, I think he's really starting to get back to doing a lot of that great backing up. And we're going to see some more line breaks as it happens. But yeah, just we'll get, hopefully at some point, Reed and Guffo and Moses and Dill all on the same page in a game this year. And when we do, I think we're going to absolutely pants the opposition.
0: Um, just back on Sean Lane, um, what did you think of the the change of uh, Madison to the edge and, and and Lane off? Do you think that's something we could see going forward? This is a more regular thing, or was that just more in this game, Lane was a bit gassed?
2: I reckon Laney might have been, you know, BA mentioned that we had five players off with the flu.
1: Yeah, that's a good shot, him. Yeah, we had really disrupted preparations this and would not be shocked if Laney was one of them.
2: I'm thinking Laney might have been one of them because he does play the 80, but you know, Matto, like another one you could probably pick for origin, just, it just based on his past three games. Like, he's been unbelievable. Um, I suppose it did work because he timed that run really well for his try. He sort of, he saw that Cleary had come up, waited half a step, and then accelerated through, which meant that he, you know, powered through that line Planted break. to that
1: left foot and then just shattered the ankles of Edwards. It was uh, Pappenhausen, Lelissiwell sort of stuff, or Mazu now, but... Uh- and it produced my favourite shot of the game when they went to the replay and had the rear angle, like the long shot from the perimeter goal line, the rear angle shot of Gufferson celebrating as he realised Madison was going to score. And he's just super pumped up, like really hyped, and then Matto slams it down and bounces up, slamming his chest. You know, you could tell how much the boys were, were up for this game and how much that try meant to him.
0: Yep. So um, the tale of the two last games between Penrith and Eels. Uh, One, we let a incorrect or, I guess, um, ref shit fuckery um, get us beat. But uh, in this game, we overcame that ref shit fuckery.
1: Yeah. Well, that's
2: the thing. As fans, we can go, "Oh, you know, bastards, don't do that." But as the players, like they, as I said, they have to, they have to overcome those mistakes. You know, I, I, that's I agree.
0: Of
1: I, I agree absolutely. But it mistakes the magnitude that we saw at the end of the first it needs half.
0: to be an investigation, <laughs> <laughs> an investigation somebody needs to be held accountable
1: they should never happen though boys that that is like that
2: one was bad that one was really bad you know
1: 50 50 calls going against you and, and even like you know other odds that, that favor your position or favor you more going against you sorry you can cop like it happens but that that was as black and white night and day knock on as you're ever going to see and the fact that it was missed,
0: I gave himself up. Like, yeah. come on, exactly.
1: <laughs> and the, the, the worst part is they didn't even rule six again, a strip or anything. They're like, no, no, play on. He just it went backwards.
2: I don't even. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing with it. Like, you, the, Cummins had his whistle to his mouth, so he was about to. He was he was going to blow the whistle, and then because he didn't get a call from a touch judge, he. Aren't they part, part touches are part time? Aren't they?
1: Uh, no, someone would be full time because someone can hold the main whistle, can't they? Uh,
0: I don't know anymore. It changes every bloody year. uh,
1: Speaking of the judicial process in the game, what do we make of the Eels losing their challenge, and not only just losing it, but not being made inconclusive? I I, I,
0: I missed that, so uh, I have nothing to say, but uh, um, obviously that's uh, something I shout against burning it pretty early.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it is one of those cautionary tales about using it early on. It just felt after what we saw last week with the Cowboys, where they were deemed to have lost the challenge, but not uh, in, an, in an inconclusive manner. When I felt like there was a pretty clear shot of the bicep hitting a hitting an arm, and let alone the fact that the ball off your chest is meant to be a knock on anyway, isn't it? I thought that was a change that was instituted years back that if it comes off your torso, it's a knock on. Hence the reason. I
0: think they've changed it back now. Really? Uh, Yeah, I I think they're flip-flopped on it. Yeah, okay,
1: well there you go, that would make sense but I thought it came off the bicep too in that game they ruled it inconclusive whereas in this one there was like four sets of pair of hands all over the ball and while there was no obvious reefing motion, it was also, because there was four sets of hands you couldn't see everyone properly and it probably should have been deemed inconclusive and we would have lost the challenge but kept our challenge in that regard, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah,
2: Um, I I just think it was the wrong time to call the challenge, I don't think that yeah, I, it, I also. Was, there was that many hands in there that it could have been, it couldn't have been. That sort. That, that sort. In of the context
1: 50, of that set, I don't think Hayes' parents should be taking the first hit up either. It's yeah. probably not a tactically correct use of your outside backs when you've got guys like Pennacini and even Guffo. Just uh, Hayes is your lightest weight back, and the, the play that the opposition team are looking to put a target on as well.
0: All right, well, um, we've been going for almost forty minutes. Uh, you know, a nice, nice, nice win, and, and lots to talk about. Uh, but again, it comes for the backup. So we've got Roosters coming up this week, up at um, Magic at Ground, Broncos, Broncos uh, home go- ground, and yeah, Magic Ground. Um, I think my brother's going up with a couple of friends, so um, I'll um, be sure to see him um, up to some uh, shit fuckery. I think I described it up um, <laughs> at Suncorp. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, sorry. I'll put a little uh, not safe for work on the title. Um, yeah, but uh, I think we should wrap it up there. So great, great win. Um, but uh, as we said, the next uh, the next step for this team to take is to that week on week consistency. And um, whilst the Roosters they've been pretty inconsistent this year, they had a good win against the Titans on the weekend. So, um, but pulled up some injuries out of that game. Um, Verils, but, oh.
1: And who was the other one that's out? Collins. Collins. Oh, Collins. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I just want to so say just quickly. We are the only team this year so far that have played first. Uh, you know, of the top five teams, so Panthers, Storm, Cowboys, Sharks, we're the only team to play more than two of them.
1: Well, we, we actually played
2: had all those four teams.
1: We actually had the hardest graded draw, I think, in terms of last year's results, and the fact that the Cowboys have ended up being an outlier positively uh, in that regard. And the means, and the sharks too, means that we probably it's probably not bumped up our draw even harder.
2: So there you go I just, I just found that interesting I was going through that During the pod And I thought Oh you know Panthers have played Or they play the Storm next week We were the first other Top team that they've played This year uh, Storm have played us And the Cowboys And the Sharks have played
1: Us And there's a good chance We'll probably be the only team To beat both the Storm And the Panthers In the regulation oh, season
2: Almost guaranteed Almost I, I, I reckon I could give I'd put a $2,000 bet On nobody else Beating both the Storm And the Panthers at
0: home all right, we'll wrap it up there. Um, we'll see if Ham gets any takers during the week. Oh, please don't. I don't have $2,000. All right, guys. Well, cheers. Thanks for um, joining us again on the Power Podcast, and we'll hope to see you later in the week for the preview of next round's action. Cheers. Cheers, let it go Power.